Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. It is December 18th, which which means it is the last show of the of year. Of the year. Right. As next Monday is Christmas evening, so we will not be live. So this is the last show. So I would imagine we should probably share a little bit of our gratitude of the year that's gone by on microphone. Sounds so, good. jump on in. <laughs> oh, you make me start. Of course. <laughs> well, uh, I finally have a house. I am trying to get it fixed up. It's not particularly fun living in a construction zone, but I think it'll be nice once it's done. I got to sit outside tonight. It was 72 degrees, beautiful, looking over a golf course, so I have a lot to be thankful for. And now it's your turn. Okay, so... Um, my gratitude, a lot, a lot of things have happened, both positive and negative this year. Um, the constant positive has been that we have been able to share our experience, strength and hope over the airwaves. Um, and one of the, one of the things I'll speak about the radio, uh, gratitude first is weekly. We get a report of where people are listening from and, a lot of the countries change as we go. See, we're an international radio show. A lot of the people change. A lot of the countries change. But there are three consistent countries that listen. United States, Canada, and Ireland. Ireland, Now, huh. yeah. I don't know, like I said, I don't know how Ireland is broken up. I don't, don't know if they would say it was something else, if it was north of Ireland or if it was Ireland or what. But... Uh, the country of Ireland has a strong listenership to our show. And they're five hours ahead of us. Yeah, I was going to say, it's pretty late for them. Yeah. Well, thank so, you guys for listening. Yes, yes, very much so. You know, and, and, and the random and the random countries like uh, Curacao or something like that, who yeah. has like seven or eight people that listen, like one random show. It's it's kind of like, I don't know how that, I don't know how that happens and I don't know where it comes from, but the important thing is, is that our message is getting out there. Our message is, is getting out there in England, English. If it translates somehow, I do not know, but I think addicts and addicts and family of addicts who are suffering I'll speak the same language. I think you're quite right. It's the what we call the great leveler. And to be able to talk about our experiences on the radio and share what we've learned from them is one of the it's one of the biggest pleasures of my life. I, I uh, I'm the mother of two addicts. It is not an easy job. They are grown now. Um, I made a lot of mistakes in the way that I handled them, but I'm learning. And I'm, I'm hopeful if there are any parents out there listening that you can learn from us as well. It's, it's an interesting experience, uh, to put it nicely. It is a difficult experience, but once they come around to the other side of it, it can be really, really wonderful. And I know your mother, who's probably listening, would say the same thing. 
<laughs> you know, it's funny. I wish that I could. I wish I could express gratitude that she has become um, electronically uh, <laughs> sufficient. I guess we could say, but um, whether she's listening or not, um, I know that there are times where she's on the line and then tells me later and and all of that. And my sister, my sister is probably the uh, the most avid listener that we have i think i don't know anybody else who's told me that they listen every single week but i i my sister texts me during the show and and so i know that she listens all the time um and i'm grateful that um someone who had to technically turn her back on me many years ago uh to get me where i am today is one of my biggest champions you know what i mean she is there listening to the words that i'm saying um and you know i'm grateful for the people like that that have stood by me you know i make it all cushy and mushy and all of that stuff but you know the important thing is is that i got out of my own way allowed a program of recovery to work. You don't have to use mine. I don't have to use yours. Um, you know, I, I chose to use a twelve, the twelve-step method of recovery early on, and, and it and it paid dividends to me, for me. You know, it made me do things I didn't want to do. It put me in places. It was almost like it was almost like using, but backwards. Yeah. Um, well, I think it gives you like a fellowship and a group of people right. that that hold you up while you're doing it. You no, know, while on, you're one working second, through one everything. One second, I want to cut. I want Amaya, come here for a minute, honey. Oh, seeing the last show of the year. Come here, come here, baby. Come over here. My my granddaughter was going to say something. I want to try to get my granddaughter to say something on the mic. Come sit over here. Come here for a minute, baby. Come here. You want to say hi? Say hi to the world. Come here. Come over here. There she Come goes. over here. Come to the world. Can you get by? Yeah. Come here. Come sit on Papa's lap. Okay. You want to say hi to the world? Say hi. Say hi. She's up against the mug. Say, say, Papa annoying. <laughs> Papa annoying. <laughs> okay. All right. You going back out of the room? Yeah. Okay. I love you, baby. All right, so where where were we? Uh, gratitude. You know, I'll be forever grateful. Just things like that to be able to just have love in my life, where all I really had when I was actively using was a park bench, right. and the people that I used um, on a daily basis to get what it was that I, you know, the emotional terrorism of it all. Right, but you uh, can't really claim to be friends because you're all after one thing. Right. I think we were pretty much associates at that. I mean, we yeah. associates is a good word for yeah, it. Yeah, we grew up as friends, but we became using associates because you know, it was it was me before anyone. And hey, if you got yours, that's good, but I'll I'll take the last dollar out of your pocket to get mine. Yes, yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's the prevailing attitude that I've seen. Yes, and you know, the, the, the thing that I'm grateful for, again, is that I don't have to live that way today. I, I, can, I can make sure that somebody else, or I can see someone who is in need and be able to share what I have today. Right. Whereas before I was just so selfish and self-centered, I couldn't, I wouldn't give you a dime 
And that's pretty much a miracle, really, that you can turn yourself so far around from where you were. Although that's probably truly the person that was inside you anyway. He just had to get out. True. And and really, like I said, you know, like I have said before, it wasn't my doing. It was this was happening to me only because I chose to get out of my own way. And I had, you know, my sponsor, my sponsor or other people that positive people that were in my life were the driving force of making me who I am. Um, I, I, who knows, I, I could have been, you know, the Wizard of Wall Street. Yeah. But would I be who I am today? No. No. And I'm grateful for who I am. I'm glad that I have what I have. And, you know, I'm glad that I have a home. I'm glad that I have, you know, people like you in my life to want to keep me in check, to to sometimes co-sign my madness. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm grateful today for all the things I have. And that's only because I chose to get out of my own way. So I guess what we need to do is, like, revert it back to the people that, probably aren't really grateful right out there seeing it's a week before christmas and they're running around like nuts and uh let me just share a little bit of running around like a nut i'm the coordinator for toys for talks for st lucie county and the closer it gets to christmas the crazier it gets we're running around picking up all the boxes and all that out in the community and it blows me away how you're in traffic in July and you're calling people idiots and you live and this, that, the other thing. And in October, you go out and say, hey, can you, can you assist? And I think we've collected so far 25, 26,000 toys. My gosh. How many people do you have working with you? Uh, this did, it varies, but I would probably say 30. But there's, there's only six or seven of us that are running around picking up boxes. Wow, that's an awful lot of toys. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, it's, it's the simple thing is running around picking up boxes. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, then you have you to have sort, to sort it by age, by gender, yeah. and, and then you have to make these other requests that are common. I, I don't even like to go in the warehouse because I don't like to get in their way. They know what they're doing. They're like a machine. And every day I walk in there, the whole warehouse has shifted. So I'm like, you moved everything, and they're like, "Well, yeah, we set it up so it, we set it up so that it fits better for our advantage." Tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday, we're doing our uh, distribution, mm-hmm. where we're handing the families toys, and you know, today, when I think of Christmas, my mindset is different than five years ago you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And my mindset today is that I look forward to December 26th in a happy way. Yeah. Whereas I used to look forward to December 26th in a miserable, unhappy way. And the happy thing is, is that I know that through our efforts, you know, that I was part of, that I could give someone... Just a little bit of Christmas. Oh, you know? I'm sure when you yeah. distribute those and you see the looks on the people's faces. I mean, those parents must be so grateful. Yeah. You know, surprisingly, 99.4, almost like ivory soap, 99.4% of the individual families express some form of gratitude. It's the nonprofits that we have, the, that we get the rush uh, okay. from, you know. 
and that's that's sad. It is sad because, but, because you it's know, entitlement, it's a, and they yeah. It's a, it's institution versus person, individual. Yeah, yeah. So I think we might just deal with individuals Start going doing forward. People. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there, and where well, there's we're, a huge need, so you're you're doing good in the world. No, absolutely. And you know, it's funny. I was just looking through my daily Google alerts, and there was something that said, uh, "Where are we?" Was this the one you were talking about earlier? Yeah, a drug rehab center is fueling homelessness in Southern California. Let me let me read a little bit of this. It, it makes so much sense. I mean, because you don't you don't want to think of this on a daily basis. But I'm not going to use a gentleman's uh, name that's in the article, but it's by Jordan Graham, uh, the Orange County Register. It must be the paper. Sounds like it. Thirteen hundred miles from his rural Arkansas home, Tyler paces across the motel parking lot, veins bulging at his temple, anxiously gripping himself as the pangs of heroin withdrawal intensify. Newly homeless and dope sick on the streets of Costa Mesa, the 25-year-old says he's thinking about stealing from a nearby store anything to scrounge up cash he needs to get drugs. Hours later, Relaxing in an in and out booth. Man, in and out burger, those are awesome. Yeah, they are. See my, yeah. It's like, oh, jelly beans. Uh, he's calmer. He says a friend gave him a hit of heroin. He also wonders aloud how he came to be living on the streets so far from the place he used to call home. Migration stories similar, similar to Tyler's are repeated with varying frequency across pockets of Southern California. That, and it's not only there, it's here, oh, it's, it's, it's here, everywhere. Sure. Searching the web earlier this year for a rehab program, he says he was lured to the region by an offer of a complimentary, complimentary plane ticket yep. and free treatment. He left the construction job and work on his family's horse ranch for a recovery program near the ocean in Orange County. Five months later, his insurance ran out. Tyler says he was discharged to the streets. And this is a story that happens over and over and over. Where he remained for the last two months, he says he's committed crimes to feed his habit. I sell drugs and I steal things to sell for them. Now, that happened. That is happening nationwide. Right. Sadly, rehab from the business side of the aspect is is when your insurance is gone. Yeah. You're no They'll longer vi- you're, yeah. you're no longer viable to us. Well, hospitals are that way too. Even yeah, well, I mean, even when you know you you, you get your your spleen taken out, yeah, and you get you three know days, you're and on, you gonna, know you're on a clock, seventy two hour clock. Yeah, and with and, the rehab yeah. because it's so expensive, I think that clock ticks even harder because oh, we does. all know you know yeah. the twenty eight day program is not going to work for an opioid act. It, it just isn't. No, and this kid was lucky. He got five months' pay. Very lucky. We well, yeah. He probably had stellar insurance. He said he he worked a, a construction job. Yeah. So, um, but, I mean, but I, the, had, that, I had I had kind of the, the whole scam is you know we'll give you a ticket, you won't get a, have a copay, and the fact that he found it for himself is kind of sad too because a lot of time, I mean, I know every time my daughter went to rehab, I found it 
I found the place. I called mm-hmm. him. I talked to him, sent her wherever. She never, ever went on her own. And I yeah, heard, we don't know that. That could have just been cut down. Well, that's true, too. Yeah, but if he went to work, if he yeah. went to the, you know, to do the work, it's very sad that it didn't work out. Well, it worked for five months. And the thing is, is that when they, they, had, they had him in um, conscious captivity for right. five months. Why in that five-month span did it have to happen that the day that his insurance ran out, he, he had nothing to follow show up. for it? Yeah, so exactly. Where was the, where was the rehab? Where was it? Oh, never mind the rehab. Where was the education? Where That's was what the, I mean. Where, where was, was the, the rehabilitation yeah, for was, him? Okay, yeah, and where right. was the next step in the treatment plan? Right. You know, uh, well, he could have been there, and maybe he just yup yup yupped him, and you know. Yeah, but I mean, that, that, would you spend five months in rehab and not get anything? out? I mean, I guess you could, and not I, get anything I out of it. Would do that, yeah. yeah. Just a place to park yourself, but you, yeah. but you're not getting to use. So I would. And if they're not pushing you to do, if you're not, they're not pushing you to do it because there are, you know, I mean, we've gone over this time and again where they take people like Tyler. And maybe when his insurance ran out, if they liked him, they would have given him a job. Yeah. And his yeah. his message would have been the message. Look what his message was. Yeah. It you know work. what I mean? Yeah. Left I to his own scared. devices, he became homeless. So, you know, not taking anything away from this gen- gentleman. I don't know him, but this is nationwide. Yeah. And that's why... We need some serious, serious looking at this problem, not just saying, okay, you know, it's, a, it's a, an epidemic and it's a pandemic and this, that, and the other thing. Um, we need to have people live this awareness. You don't even have to have a degree. You just have to have common sense, uh, additionality to know that the people that are overseeing this thing probably aren't the people that should be. Right. You know? And, well, there, uh, there aren't. A lot of standards, I think, in, in for treatment protocols. I think that's unfortunate. Right, right. Yeah. So, if you want to share your experience, strength, and hope, please, by all means, give us a call, 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with host Nancy Kerala. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. Together with her guests, we'll explore C. diff infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent 
inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients have to work around and get used to a constantly changing set of rules and issues. Nurses have historically been left out of this decision-making. Listen to Once a Nurse, Always a Nurse, exploring the world of nursing with host Leanne Meyer. Health professionals, we invite you to share your ideas and experiences while listening to experts in various areas of nursing. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Like many of us, do you feel constantly tired or run down? Weight gain, sugar addiction, stress, and other health issues wear down our bodies and our spirit. You can take control of these and get yourself back on track. Tune into Living Life Naturally with host Lynn Wadsworth. Lynn can help you lower or get rid of migraines, help you maintain a healthy weight, deal with hormone imbalances, and more. Listen live every Friday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. And we're back. It is December 18th. And like I said before, the last live show of the year. Yeah, I guess Christmas is a week from today, right? Christmas is exactly a week from today. Wow. And it's, yeah, it is. It, it came up very quick. I mean, I remember when we were putting out the boxes in October, on October 1st and um, saying, ah, we got plenty of time. Yeah. That's like it was just yesterday. Okay, now here we go. We're talking about this the homeless, homelessness due to... Um, recovery facilities dumping their clients out on the street. And well, it's no other way to put issue it, is dumping them out on the street. If they relapse, they they kick them out. Mm-hmm. A lot of times they've gone to another city, another state. You know, like this guy. Where was he from Idaho or wherever he Arkansas. was from? Arkansas. But okay, here we go. One aspect of the problem hasn't been widely examined. What connection, if any, exists between the outsized numbers of rehab centers in Southern California or Florida Mm -hmm. in the region's fast-growing homeless population? There's evidence to suggest a portion of the growth in some Orange County cities and to a lesser degree in L.A., can be attributed to the rehab industry's aggressive recruitment of addicts and their lucrative insurance payments from around the country. So that that is exactly the business of recovery. Oh, yeah, they have call centers mm-hmm. where they vet your insurance and, you know, determine where, if anywhere, you're going to be placed. Right, but... It's all 
on that dollar. It's exactly. only about a business. Granted, they yeah, tell you, you, know, yeah, no, no, you're not getting any treatment. No, anywhere. granted, they tell you that. You know, here we were talking about a gratitude show, and we're talking about this, but um, <laughs> the, you know, they say that they're there for you. They they entice you with a this kid with a fleet free plane fare and zero zero down zero nothing just come on in we'll take your insurance kid don't know he's from oh, arkansas he goes to you know he sees a poster he's gonna go to the beach every day in, yeah. in san diego or Probably orange county and wanted to go to california everything's and great free mm-hmm. plane ticket they just started doing that about two years ago because that well, way it, now it's legal them. now it's now in in the state of florida if you use I just saw an article. If you use less than stellar means to entice people down here, and you're from Massachusetts, like you're a marketer from Massachusetts, you suffer the consequences of Florida law, even though you live in, in, in Massachusetts. So, you know, it's good that they're starting to throw a check on this, but what about all the people that are caught in that spin, that are caught down, that, that are homeless, like this Tyler kid, he's homeless 3,000 miles away from his family. So right. this poor kid is scrambling around next Monday morning in a parking lot, fidgeting like he was, waiting to get back on E, and his parents are home somewhat celebrating Christmas as their homeless kid is yeah. And, the, and they and, probably come to the point where they just can't let him come home. They can't bring him back. And and it's he may not he may not want to get on the plane. They may be trying to get him back, and he may be just well, blowing him too. off. You know what I mean? Because because that uncomfortable feeling is better than the you know it's the fear of the unknown. What am I going back to? Exactly. At least I know when I wake up, I I know my surroundings. But it sounds like he left a fairly decent employment to go. To you know the yeah, the Shangri La of California, yeah. and and it turned into kind of a nightmare for him. I, I, know, I, I could think probably I'm, say that you know after I left a a very good uh, roofing job to go, and they didn't even want me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I was at that point, I yeah. I was like a ghost roofer. Well, I, I never sure. showed up, sure. and that's what this kid was probably doing too. And then his only option was to take that free flight. Right. You know, I remember when I was, when I was, you know, for the many years that I was trying to get clean back in the early 80s and, and you know, I got clean in 1989, limos would pull up. And, you know, the guy would be standing on the corner, limos would pull up, hey, Steve here. Steve would jump in a limo and he was off to rehab somewhere, somewhere. Really? Oh, yeah. That was the, that was the. The enticing factor. They yeah. would send you a limo and they drive you up to Spofford Hall in New Hampshire or um, Edge Hill in Rhode Island. Yeah, that's expensive and, though. Well, yeah. So, so that was their gimmick. But at that time, I don't think that it is as was as blatant as it is today. And I think that's why they're looking at making all of this or have made all of this free um, stuff. Illegal because because it gives it gives the facility the upper hand and option only it takes the option away from the addict because the addict goes hey man th- these people are getting been getting down on me down on me down on me it's a free flight to California hey why not I'm going I have insurance I'm going and what happens the day that it runs out 
you're they don't give you a free flight. You don't get a free flight no. home. And that's kind of strange too. Shouldn't it be a round trip ticket? Uh, it should be, but that's that's why that's, it's yeah, that's, that's not what they yeah, do. I, I remember when we started hearing about that down here two or three years ago. There were several guys that were that kind of started the, that whole thing here, and I think at least one of them is in jail now. Because uh, yeah, it, it was very quickly determined to be a scam, and some of the places were so bad that you know people were dying. Yeah, and their parent, you know, the parents a lot of times had been the ones that called, got the call center, and then you know they they teach the people in the call center how to do a real good spin, make it sound great. You know what your what I used to always say, and this is such a stupid question now that I know more, but but I would say you know what's your success rate. Oh, you know, it's ninety five percent, right? Well, well, you know, when when you know, there's there's, there's two schools of thought on that. When they say it's ninety five percent, they're looking at something. That, that they well, how would honest. you ever know? Do they do any follow up on people? I know yeah. Hazelden did. Yeah, but I mean, they call you on the phone and they say, how you doing? You say, fantastic. Right, and that's another call center scam. Hey, yeah, yeah, fantastic. I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm working. And But, you know, you need to look at, you know, like one-year rate, five-year rate, that kind of thing, too. And and there's no way to follow on that. Well, so how how could you even say you're successful? You can't. No, you can't. You can't. And, there, and there's no way to gauge it. But there is there is one way to be able to, like with me, the, the places that I went to, and didn't hear the message that was being given. Does that mean that place is not successful? No. no. It meant I wasn't listening. Because ultimately, I heard the same message finally and it made sense. Yeah, you were ready so, to hear it. Right. So, was I a statistic of the places that... that that quote unquote failed me. No, they sh- they shouldn't they shouldn't be driven by a success fail rate. They their success rate should be a hundred percent, right? Their ex- yeah, success rate should be a hundred percent. And and how do you justify by saying it's hundred percent? Well, the people that came and heard our message that stayed clean, we're a hundred percent successful. Yeah. If you choose not to listen to what we have to say, we can't count you as one of our statistics. Because you chose not to listen. You chose to run back out the door, right? So statistically, you can't ask a, facil- a facility what your success rate, and they say 82%, because that's just a crap number. Yeah. And, and I, you know, but I didn't know that then, because I was desperately looking for Oh, no, yeah, for because they use to, that in you know, all make of her that better. fog. They use that all in that fog yeah. of, you know, I mean... Um, what do you call it? Mechanon says that they're uh, 90, 93 to 97 percent, 93 to 97 percent success rate. How can you tell? How do yeah, you know? How do you measure it? There's, yeah. You can't, you know, I think we, we try to take it and put it in the same box as you put cancer, survival rates and things like that. Mm-hmm. And you just, it doesn't work that way with addiction. It is so unpredictable that you can't, you can't measure it. With, with uh, drugs for hepatitis C. You know, you see the commercials as 96% success rate. They have physical evidence um, that the individual was taking the medication and they're cured. That's physical evidence. 
you and I are sitting in a in a lecture hall in, in a rehab somewhere, and my mind is at the beach. Yours is paying attention to the individual. Does that mean that that message was fifty percent successful? No, it was a hundred percent successful. I just wasn't listening to it. And that's so, the frustration I think of trying yeah. to this disease. Yeah. It is it is cunning. What is it? Cunning, baffling, and powerful. It really is. It sure is. And the cunning part is the scary part because it will come at you from all different directions if you're yeah. trying to get better. Yeah. You know, I've heard people say my disease wants me sick, and I think that that's very true. I used to think, what? That's kind of a cop-out, too, but yeah, yeah, because that, that that's justifying a negative. My disease wants me sick. My disease, yeah, Well, but you, you know, but the point is you've got to fight against it. Realize that that's what's happening and fight against it. Or you've got to find a way to be stronger, not fight against it. you just got to find a way to be stronger. Yeah. And and that is through a lot of positive thinking. We we were talking with David last week about we immediately think a negative thought. Right. Negative comes first. Well, you're a human. Negative comes first. Or positive is always wedged in there somehow. You have to wedge it in. You have to. Um, and there are those people, you know, that wake up in the morning and everything is wine and roses. And I probably wine. I don't know, but um, everything is, you know, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful life is great. Yeah, and. Uh, for me, that's not how my mind operates. So, does that mean that, you know, I'm a statistic of that? No, it just means that I just need to do a little bit more work. You understand math better than I do. Not too well. What I'm saying is, I'm just, you know, saying that you understand math better than I do. I struggle. You don't even have to, you don't even have to open the book. Right, right. Right. Um, that's not a, that's not anyone's fault. It's not a, you're not. I'm not statistically, uh, for lack of a better word, retarded in math. It's just that my thought process is different than yours. Yeah. So, in in rehabs, it's it's all you know. When you give a boxed message, not everyone's going to hear right. it. And that's and that's where the the uh, complications come in because you can't can't blanch seventy people. Well, it's kind of like daycare. You know, you've got a ratio of you know one caretaker to three kids or mm-hmm. one caretaker to five kids. To me, it's sort of the same concept. You've got a room full of people. You've got one person talking to them. It's not going to work. No, it's no, absolutely it, it may not going to work. It may work for three people. Yeah, but yeah, you know, I I don't know. I I think. There needs to be a lot. The science needs to be worked on. It really needs to be worked on. Yeah. Well, the thing is, if you work on it and change it, funding goes away, and then. Well, it's it's funding is difficult to get now. You know, because so many of these people do not have insurance. They're not working. Mm-hmm. They don't qualify for Medicaid because almost nobody does. No, I'm talking does. about for the researchers. I'm not talking oh, about for the addicts. They, they don't well, care about the addicts. They, they care right, about the money. I think right now might be a good time to try to get government grants for this kind yeah. of thing if you, you know, hopefully you have the, but, the right but, purpose in mind. Yeah. I mean, the rehab doesn't care because they're putting people out on the street, right? right? No, I mean, they really don't care. No. They, and, it's and, a you business. Know, I have That's been why in that situation where my daughter was kicked out of rehab and, you know, I didn't know where she was because she took off with people that wanted to right. get high. Every time you walk into anywhere that has a dollar amount or a dollar value connected to it, you will find a business certificate. Right. A store, a bodega on the corner, anything. You walk in and you will see 
that business license on the wall, I have never not walked into a rehab without a business license. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of the sole living facilities, but those are, those are scams at best. Right. So, so why would I expect anything different? You know, right, wrong, or indifferent, why would he expect anything different from a business? A business is going to worry about its bottom line before it worries right. about the individual. And if, and if your funding goes away, you're a detriment to that bottom line. Yes. But there needs to be somewhere where there's a regulatory well, entity. Well, there are, you know, like the Joint Commission, you can get accredited. They yeah, but, have something called the Consolidated Standards, but there's, the government doesn't do anything. No, really. but even, even when you're, even when you're JCO certified, you can put somebody out the door. And that doesn't right, that and they do all the time. Your, if somebody relapses while they're in rehab, they will kick them out rather than yeah. take them back well, get, to a higher level of care, which I, is what I get they should the, do. I get the taking. I get the. I get the taking them out of the environment. Because, yeah, because go back can, to a yeah. higher level of care. Right. You know, go yeah. back to detox. Go back to, you know, yeah. intensive. I would hope that they would have some kind of real intense treatment at the beginning. I don't know that most of them do, but that seems to make sense to me. You know, kick them back up to that level yeah. rather than just throwing them out on the street. But the street but is then, where they go. But then who knows if who knows what? Um, you know, the insurance says at that point because it's it's driven by insurance, well, and the insurance true. is you know as well as I do. Any business is there to provide a service, and they will provide a better service, the best service that they can. Right. Um, the insurance company is the one who dictates. How long you can stay? Best in their their best insurance. It's just that the individuals inside need to set these people up for success, right? Rather than failure, and it seems yeah. to be the opposite. I mean, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, if if anybody has any common sense approach to this you can give us a call 866-472-5792 that's 866-472-5792 we will be back in a moment opinions options answers you're listening to voice america health and wellness Sometimes it just seems that nobody understands. There's one individual who can help. If you're living with somebody who faces challenges such as autism, Asperger's, or other exceptional needs, you'll want to tune into Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean. Living the Challenge. Together, we'll uncover a variety of solutions to the challenges faced by individuals, their families, and teachers. Listen live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health and Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. 
Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Is your health where you think it should be? If you're like most people, the answer is probably not. Where can you get the answers you need to get on the right track? The answers start on Occupy Health. Each week, host Dr. Susan Downs and her guest experts will answer your questions as well as prepare you for questions you'll want to ask your health provider. You'll want to plan for your optimal health with Occupy Health. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. So while we were on break, I was looking through all the different little articles, well, the one like we were talking about there about the homelessness, and I saw this one. It says, Home for the Holidays, is your college student struggling with addiction? A lot of people don't know because they speak to little Johnny on the phone, and at the time, yeah. mommy send me money, this, that, the other thing, yeah, I'm doing great. They see, the, they see some minimal activity on Facebook or whatever. Well, and- mine was actually living in the house with me, going to college and working. I had no idea. No clue. Right. So you I just could thought you imagine if they were away, and then yeah. all of a sudden they come home for Christmas and they're 30 pounds lighter and, you know, it they're says irritable here, and shady acting. Yeah. Your college student has come home for winter break, but something just doesn't seem right. Your son or daughter seems attached, moody, or has developed some odd behaviors. Addiction to drugs or alcohol may be the problem. Now, you're right, because when I got out of the Marine Corps and I came home, I actively dove into heroin addiction, just like that, boom. I knew. Um, I had orders to re-enlist, and they were for the war college, for Uh barrack support, Mm -hmm. the war college at Newport, Rhode Island. I lived 40 minutes away from Newport, Rhode Island. So I couldn't actively be a Marine during the day and a civilian at night. I knew that I was going home to get high because that's what I did every weekend anyway. I knew that I, I knew that they would have known. I knew that I, I knew the path that I was on. Yeah. So um, when I came home and chose that path, my mother immediately said, well, what's up? Yeah. Because I had been out of her sight for so long that, whoa, what's up? 
and you know, I just told her straight up, well, I'm shooting heroin, ma. You know? Oh my gosh, she probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, that was that. It, it was, I don't know, different time, I guess. But kids, I'm sure kids do it today. And I, I don't know if it was for the shock value, if it was that I never really lied to her. You know what I mean? So I don't know. But that's what happened, and we talked about it for 20 minutes, and then I said, "Can I have 20 bucks?" <laughs> yeah. You know? Um. But so yeah, people may see their children come home and they look a little different than when they left in September, that doesn't always automatically mean that they're an addict. And that doesn't mean that you need to get all alarmed and blow your Christmas up because uh, Susie came home with purple hair. I think you sense it, though, as a parent. You you sense the change and you realize that something is wrong, something's off. Mm Mm-hmm. The, Which is a fair statement. Well, but the thing is, what are you really going to do about it? There's not, and you know, like we've been talking about, until mm-hmm. this person is ready to get better, you know, all of my efforts were in vain, and they were very expensive. God forbid the day that I that I notice that in someone that I love, because I know mm-hmm. through my past that I almost have to allow them. To get to their saturation point. People kept saying that yeah. to me, and I could not and do it. I just couldn't do that it. Just, that just horrifies the hell out of me, yeah. because I know it's, it's, it's a long road of, of misery. Very much get, misery. Yeah, to get to, to get to that end, that, that value point of enough is enough. And, you know, I, I, I don't know all the education in the world and all the conversations in the world. You know, even even today's world, people have a lot more knowledge. Kids have a lot more knowledge. But all it takes is just that one bad decision. We're all just one bad decision away from being an individual we don't even know anymore. Yeah. You know? And, but, it, you know, as a parent, it's very scary because, you know, you have this one idea of your kid and you've nurtured them and loved them up through everything. And then all... Not really all of a sudden. For for us, it was subtle. Mm-hmm. It took a while. Not shooting up at first, you know, smoking pills, whatever. But, you know, it, it's insidious, and it continues, and it gets worse mm-hmm. and worse and worse. And, you know, the whole way through, I'm trying to stop it. I'm trying to fix it. I'm trying to make it better. You know, maybe if I do more, mm-hmm. she'll get better. And that's just not how it works. You know, it's funny when you said that. Not you know, you don't notice it at first, and it's a, it's a, you know, a slight, a a moderate um, change. I remember going to um, twelve step meetings, and people said, you know, people would come in and they would say, uh, "My drinking and drugging brought me to bar X down the south end of New Bedford." That's that's how bad I got. And I would laugh because, not laugh, but like kind of like giggle and say, mine started there. (laughs) So I had no, I had no value for my, my existence at that point. You know what I mean? Like there from here brought them down to where I began. Yeah. Yeah. So So it went further down than. Yeah. I I had nowhere else to go but down at that point. And I'm grateful today that I can look. That and say, well, you know, I I I gained a lot of knowledge starting at that point. 
People came, I don't want to say people came down to my level because we were lesser than people. No, absolutely not. We were uh, the place to live in the city. You know, we had the beaches, we had the parks, we had um, great community. It's just that drugs infested our community and yeah. started killing our kids. And it did it all over the city. But people ended up coming to our end of the city when they were uh, drunk in despair. That's where we started. So we had no other value but, but to go down. But I'm grateful that I grew up where I grew up and I did what I did because if I lived in any other part of the city, I may not have had the vantage point that got me better because yeah. that was the piece of the city that jumped behind me and said, you know, come coach my kids. I was clean. Come coach my kids. They were real kids. Kids still call me coach today. I was, um, I'm in a, uh, a fantasy, uh, football thing. And I was testing back and forth with, with one of the kids and he, and he keeps calling me coach. <laughs> I coached him when he was 13. He's, oh. he's, uh, he works for LinkedIn now. I think he's like 30. Oh, really? I think he's like 30. And he still calls me coach. After all, well, I was 13. And then I, then at high school, he, he played at high school as well. But, so, but it's, that right there is gratitude. Yeah. On both sides of the fence because I'm grateful that he's calling me coach. And he somehow was grateful that I did something with him. Yeah. To, so that he can call me coach. Well, he, yeah, you, you know? helped him. Yeah. I'm but sure. But he helped me when he was 13. And he didn't even know yeah. it. Yeah. You know, because it was getting me out of my own way. It was allowing me to give back what was so freely given to me when I was a kid. And that's what it is like with recovery. I, it, it, that's why I share my message because it was given to me. Not I, I, this isn't original thought here. This isn't I, it, my words may be my words, but this isn't original thought. Right. Everybody and anybody who embraces recovering life like I do, they all pretty much say the same thing. You know, the words may be different. The the motivator may be a little different, but we all pretty much say the same thing. And, and one of them is, is that we have to express gratitude. Right. You know. Oh, I heard gratitude a lot. And I did not understand. You know, it's like I'm not grateful for anything. You know, when you're in a, the first stages of trying to figure it out, before you figure out, you can't figure it out. Yeah. And, you know, I would people would be talking about gratitude, and I'd be like, what? How yeah. can you be grateful? For what? You know, my wife is in the toilet now because, you know, my kid is killing herself. Right. It's, it's very hard. Yes, it is. It is. But to look back on that, yeah. um, your own personal growth, whether wherever your addict is, whatever, whatever stage of, of life's lessons they are learning, um, your personal growth through this, you can look back on the gratitude of what you have versus where you were because you have a better understanding today of who you are going through that process. Right. And that gives you a better advantage to be able to deal with whatever else is going on. Well, in your it, life. it also made me think because they do a lot of meetings on gratitude. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you kind of had to say, what you were grateful for, and it made me think. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm going to sit there and say I'm grateful for nothing when, you know, I've got a roof over my head, I've got a car, I've got a job, mm -hmm. you know, I've got all the things that you're supposed to have as a middle-class person. I should be grateful for something. Right. Well, at, at, uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the press secretary 
she did the whole gig, and then she said, before you ask a question, you need to express gratitude about one thing. I won't take a question if you don't. So she called mm-hmm. on somebody, and someone said, well, I'm grateful to, and it was all, I don't, I don't want to judge him, but it was all like crappy gratitude. Well, I'm grateful that I can be here and ask you questions. Oh, yeah. No, get out of your own self yeah. and be grateful for something. But if that's what you have to do in order to get to a point of real gratitude, I had to do that. I had to do that for nine months because I didn't know what gratitude was. Yeah. And now these, you know, in the world that we live in, you're so willing to point a finger. It's tough to be able to express gratitude. So... Those of you who are listening around the world, just look around you. You may be sitting in a fire, and I don't mean literally a fire, but your world may be thrown into a mess. There has to be something that you can be grateful for. Yeah. And, and one thing, if you look around and you can't find gratitude, maybe just think that if you have another minute, that may be the minute that makes a difference. You know, that may be the minute that is the game changer for you. That may be the minute that changes your life forever if you just get out of your own way and allow a message of positivity and a message of gratitude to come into your life. Um, and or even fake till you make it. That's what they told me. But it, it really did make me think. I had to sit down and think, okay, wait a minute. Why am I letting this color my world completely mm-hmm. black? Because there are good things. You know, life is a, a mix. And times are going to be good and times are going to be bad. Yes. But, you know, we're alive. There, There's always something. The sky is blue. The, you know, the breeze is nice. Whatever. And we can hear birds today. So we have about a minute left and we've expressed gratitude. We've kind of tore up. The business aspect of addiction again. I mean, we do we do that favorably. It needs to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and on occasion, um, this is the last show of the year. Next next week will be Christmas evening, around the world. And um, I just want to wish everyone a very merry Christmas. And I've always said merry Christmas. You know, Me and too. actually, the following Monday will be New Year's, New Year's night. Day. So I guess you won't hear us for two weeks. If you want to hear a specific show, send me an email at ray at miraclesandrecovery.com. Ooh, ray at miraclesandrecovery.org. And we will schedule that show to hear. If you want to hear this one again, just put this one again. If you want to hear something else that you heard, David Essel, there's always good shows, let us know. And with Miracles and Recovery, hope is in your corner. Good night, Ellen. Good night. Merry Christmas. Same to you. Good night, world. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.